0: I took that knowledge that I learned, you know, in that valley moment and turned that and really shifted. And so that was six years ago. And I'm so incredibly grateful that I've been able to evolve from there. And those learning lessons has served me so well now during what we're experiencing with another downturn. I've been in a place of peace this time. I haven't um, been in a place of panic or worry. And so I've been able just to show up for other people because I've been through this before. And I've been able just to show up and just have conversation. And and like you said, let people know we will get through this and we will grow on the other side. Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence and increase your impact.
1: This is the Impact Makers podcast with Jennifer McClure. Hey there, Impact Makers. Today's guest on the podcast is my friend, Kendra Ramirez. Kendra is a well-respected entrepreneur who is a Woman of Influence Award winner and a recipient of the John Barrett Entrepreneur Vision Award. She's also been honored as the Shintzy Chic Woman of the Year and an American Marketing Association legend and was a finalist for the Social Media Innovator of the Year. Since 2005, Kendra and her team at the Kendra Ramirez Digital Agency have helped hundreds of organizations to leverage digital technologies to build relationships, brand themselves, generate sales leads, and attract talent. In 2018, Kendra also founded Reset, a mindset community that helps people to move from fear and anxiety to joy and gratitude. Kendra and I both live in Cincinnati, and we started our entrepreneurial journeys at about the same time, around 2006, and we would see each other periodically at conferences and events where we were both speaking about using LinkedIn, social media, networking, and a whole lot of topics that people were interested in during that time in order to grow their businesses and careers. And while I've always admired Kendra for the work that she's done and the reputation that she's built, I've been curious about some of the shifts I've seen her making over the last couple of years related to building a healthy and positive mindset. So I invited her to join me today to share more about her journey through personal and business successes and setbacks that led her to seek out a mindset coach in order to overcome some of the limiting beliefs that were holding her back. Since we've all had our lives disrupted by recent events related to the global COVID-19 pandemic, I think that Kendra's recommendations for establishing and maintaining a positive mindset will be helpful to you, just as it was for me. I hope that you enjoy our conversation today. Well, hello there, Kendra. How are you doing today? Awesome,
0: Jennifer. It's so good to see you today.
1: I wish people could see your smiling face. I get the opportunity to, to see people visually while we chat, and you always look so lovely and bright, and no difference today. Uh-oh. <laughs> thank you. Well, we've chatted, you know, we, we had a good conversation before we started recording, and we're both kind of reminiscing about, you know, maybe when we met, but I'm much more interested in your story and kind of, you know, how you got started doing what you're doing today and maybe where we met will come up somewhere in there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. And I love it. I love it. I was so honored when you asked me to, you know, participate. So thank you again. I've always looked up to you and everything that you're doing as well and making an impact out there. So I just honored to be a part of it. Oh,
1: thank you so much. Well, who is Kendra Ramirez for the people that maybe aren't familiar with you?
0: Yeah, and so we're not going to go back to when I when I was three. <laughs> oh darn! I like those stories. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you know you and I you know cross paths in the kind of digital marketing world and our love for back in the day. I think you know LinkedIn and. And I'll never forget you and I had breakfast at First Watch, and you were, you're the one that told me about Twitter. Like oh. I was like, I can specifically remember that conversation. I'm um, sorry,
1: I should never have introduced you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so you know, I've been on Twitter for over 12 years, so that's how I'm like, oh, you know, Jeff and I, gosh, that's 12, 13 years ago for sure. Wow. But you know, in those early days for both of us, it just was such a huge passion. Like I have, you know, had a digital agency now for 14 years which is crazy mm-hmm. and in that that beginning of that story is I took my business plan of starting a digital agency and digital training to three different business coaches and all three of them said don't do it don't start oh. a business around digital it's a fad <laughs> okay and so I'm incredibly grateful that I didn't listen even though I admired these people I um, just every fiber in my being was like no, like this is a really big thing. And this is a huge, you know, huge opportunity.
1: Well, let's back up a little bit from that. So prior to that, you were in sales, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. I've been in and out of uh, sales and recruiting. And, you know, like yourself, I, you know, grew up in the HR, human resources, you know, world first.
1: Yeah. So you went from that and came up with the idea of creating a digital agency. What brought that on? Even though it was many years ago, Why did you decide you wanted to do that? Especially if there were people saying it was a fad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which is really funny to say now, right? Like, wow, that they said it was a fad back then. Yeah, you know, as I was a sales leader in a Fortune 500 company and we were having a lot of success. And so my peers across the country were calling me and saying, hey, what are you doing? And some of it was leadership style, but also just technology. Like I love technology, And we were heavily using LinkedIn and Jigsaw and Manta back in those days. And so people just started calling me and saying, Hey, can you show me how to do this? And oh, by the way, I'll pay you. And I heard that over and over again. And I'm like, oh... I think I can actually make a business out of this. I think there's a huge need for this. And so that's really where my, you know, love of the idea kind of, you know, started. And I know some of your other podcasts that, you know, I've listened to where people are like, yeah, you know, I got laid off from this job and it was the best thing that had happened. So during this time when I'm building this business plan, when I'm thinking about leaving, you know, a good job, Fortune 500, I'd had a really difficult conversation with my regional boss because his way of motivating me was very intimidating. Like he led with intimidation. He led with fear, not a good leader. And I had shared, you know, a recent conversation. I was just sharing with him how I was feeling and like, you know, hey, this doesn't motivate me. And if we could, you know, find other ways to communicate and, And he's like, well, tough. This is the way it is. And after having this hard conversation, he let me go two weeks later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so... That was the catalyst for me to say, All right, I've already been kind of laying these plans. I've already been thinking about this. And so I was kind of just thrown into the deep end, you know, of it. And I'm so glad it was very scary, but I was so glad that, you know, I just followed through with it.
1: So you said 14 years ago. So that was 2006 timeframe, right? So the economy Mm -hmm. was pretty good. But as you said, Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember 2006 was when I joined LinkedIn, and there were still people, we're both in Cincinnati. Still people in Cincinnati that were like very suspicious of LinkedIn and Lisa Kaminsky, who I'm sure you remember, a good friend of ours, uh, who's passed away since then. She was one of the first people to tell me that, you know, Jennifer, it's going to be hard. People don't really trust it. They don't, uh, you know, know what it's about. So you decided to start a business amongst all this, you know, talk of fad. And so initially, were you doing, I know we came across each other a lot, even though it was not my dream and not my passion, people were asking me to talk and teach and train about social media, which, you know, I did enjoy, but it never was my main focus, but we we cross paths a lot kind of at the same conferences and events talking about using social media, whether it's for sales or recruiting or business development. Is that mainly what you did or what kind of work did you start doing in your business?
0: Yeah. So in the early days, you're right. It absolutely was training and speaking. And I love the light bulb moment, you know, when you're working with someone, like, oh, that's why, you know, I would do this and how I would do this and, and the impact from it. And you're so right. In the early days, there was so much pushback of, well, why would I use it? That? That's a job seeker, you know, tool, you know, like using, you know, LinkedIn. And I'm like, no, you're missing the boat. Like, still today, 14 years later, like, I haven't made a cold call because of LinkedIn. Like, I will, you know, I've always been able to to either leveraging sharing content and knowledge or just relationships have been able, you know, to to grow the business through that. So that was kind of, you know, my learning in those early days. I was, you know, a training company. I was training people and doing speaking well, you kind of starve to death when it comes to a 2008, 2009 economy crash when you have a training company. yeah, And so, you know, with that, you know, came, uh, you know, having to go get a W2 job. I was still doing digital, but, you know, ended up having to, take a big old slice of humble pie and, you know, go work for someone else during that time period.
1: So what was that like? You obviously didn't shutter your business. You you still were able, were you able to negotiate that with your new employer that you would keep doing these things? You were doing similar work with your employer. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just really just lifted my company and stuck it underneath, you know, his company and really continue doing the training and consulting and trying to, you know, grow, you know, under his guidance. And so that, you know, went went on for you know, several years. And that's where the ideas of, OK, this has to be something different, be beyond training and just speaking. And really evolving it more into a digital agency. Because in the early days, it was about, you know, sharing knowledge and that people can do it for themselves. But during that time period, I started really just listening in on client needs. And they're like, hey, I really just want to outsource this. I don't want to do it. That's great that you want to show me how to do it. But at the end of the day, I don't have time to do it. And so I'm actually grateful for all the steps. You know, I always say like, I don't have my, you know, MBA, but I have my street MBA. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a very expensive journey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, I feel like sometimes I tend to learn the hard way. And, but I'm so grateful because of that situation. It really forced me into listening to needs, and then restructuring, you know, how I was going to market. And then that's really where the shift happened to turn it more into a digital agency where we started producing content and then guiding our clients through and and doing that outsource model as well.
1: I think that's an important point for people. You know, I hear it all the time and even sometimes feel it myself. You know, whether it's a person who... You know, has a corporate job and they, you know, they're not looking to leave it necessarily, but they have a passion for speaking about a topic, or they want to write a blog or they want to write a book. Or even if they think about starting their own business, you often hear, well, you know, somebody else has already done it. Or why would you know a couple of things you'll hear, somebody else has already done it. Well, yeah, they have, but you haven't done it yet. Or you often hear, well, you know, why would they pay me to do that? Because they can do it themselves why would they buy my book when the information is out there on Google? And I think you hit it, that people who are doing it right are focusing on what their gifts and talents are and not doing all the things they need to be done just because they can do them. And so you saw a need. And I love that you learned during that kind of difficult time that really helped you to come out stronger. And here we are, still in a pandemic i had this talk with my son yesterday i said i sound like an inspirational motivational speaker but here i am you know you will come out of this stronger <laughs> you know <laughs> and so it's sometimes, so true sometimes i think it's it's good for us to look back and to realize that times of growth were often times of struggle and so you kind of came through that time when did you kind of go back out on your own after that period of time
0: yeah, so it was let's see about 6 years ago is when I went back out on my own. And again, it wasn't an easy thing. It was in a in a situation where I was in a marketing agency and you know, we had, you know, shuffled from 22 people to 6 and it was a week and a half before Christmas. I'll never forget this. You know, I'm watching what's happening and uh, and i had started interviewing, but nothing I was excited about. I was like I can do these jobs, but you know, nothing that I'm really excited about. And then a week and a half before Christmas, she looks at me and goes, Today's your last day. And we're pretty much, you know, folding up the company. I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> And again, it was one of those things I felt like, you know, I'm giving air quotes here, but I feel like I failed the first go-around when I had the business in 2000, you know, eight, nine, when everything, the economy, you know, downturned. Um, but it was huge just learning. I've, you know, learned to take the word failure and say, nope, it was learning. It was learning. It's always been learning. And so when that happened, I was, you know, forced into okay. Cause I've, you know, as a single mom for 12 years, I carry the financial burden in our family. And so I was like, all right, you know, to, she's like, today's your last day. There's no severance, you know, I'm pretty much folding up. So I, in eight hours, built a website, built a business plan, started messaging people saying, Hey, I'm out of my own again. This is what I'm doing. And it was such a blessing. It was kind of just being shoved out of the nest. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) And because I was terrified to start my business again, because I just, again, felt like i had failed before. I'm like, you, you know, you silly girl, why'd you set it up the way you did? That was silly. It didn't make sense. And so really, again, I took that knowledge that I learned, you know, in that valley moment and, you know, turned that and really shifted. And so that was six years ago. And I'm so incredibly incredibly grateful that I've been able to evolve from there. And those learning lessons has served me so well now during what we're experiencing with another downturn. I've been in a place of peace this time. I haven't um, been in a place of panic or worry. And so I've been able just to show up for other people because I've been through this before. And I've been able just to Show up and just have conversation, and, and like you said, like let people know we will get through this, mm-hmm. um, and we will get grow on the other side. I was on a call with someone earlier, and we were talking about he's been using this time just to learn, like he's taking a couple of classes online, and he's you know kind of making shifts in his business, and that's a good thing to take advantage of, you know where where we are, and and be able to kind of level up and pivot. Mm-hmm.
1: So you mentioned that you you've got a sense of peace because you have learned and now you're sharing with others and trying to help others what are maybe two or three things that you learned from the times that you've had to go through difficulties that you are helping people with now
0: yeah great question boy that's a like now that's one where we like okay where do we go from that one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know it's I I've been through a lot in my life you know from like the whole you know quote-unquote failed business you know back in the in the last downturn and then going through a divorce and depression in my life 14 years ago and so um, I started getting those nudges and prompts of it's time to start telling your story it's time to start sharing all this knowledge that you've been given and and taking you know the 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 test, you know, of the things that we've learned. And, you know, I struggled for a really, really long time without saying anything to anyone. And I'm like, my why is I don't want someone else to struggle as long as I did. Mm -hmm. And so with that was born Reset. And so I started another company about a year and a half ago, and it's called Reset. And Reset is all about mindset, identifying limiting beliefs. And so for me, I hired a coach, a mindset coach, five years ago, Ago, and it has been the best investment. I've been in and out of counseling, you know, probably since college. I've had different, you know, business coaches and different people in my life, and they've always been very helpful. But it wasn't until I hired the mindset coach that things really started unlocking in a big, big way for me of uh, learning about those negative loops that I was, you know, I'm very hard on myself. And so learning about those, learning about limiting beliefs of, oh, you got to grind it out. You got to hustle it out. You got to work 80 hours a week to be successful, which is a complete lie. But I had told myself along the way that that's what you have to do. So just working through this coach and I'm like, it was one of those things where I'm like, I want this for other people. Why, you know? I wish schools would teach this stuff. Like It's so crazy powerful when you start really understanding the narrative that you're giving yourself and how that plays out in your life and so with reset we do that work we have multiple coaches that either do one on one or group coaching and it's all around you know mindset to really help people you know move through that thing that has them that has them stuck
1: well i'm i'm really glad that you brought this up because i hear a lot about mindset i have not yet really kind of gone down the path to investigate what it is but certainly i listen to a lot of podcasts from successful entrepreneurs and More and more, they're saying it's about mindset. It's about, you know, mindset. It's about mindset. I'm like, oh, add that to my list of things I need to learn about. So I'm going (laughs) to cheat today and just like jump to the head of the line. When you say it was different than therapy or business coaching or other coaching, you know, what are you working on when you're working on mindset coaching?
0: What what does that involve? Yeah. So... So we um, wrote out, he's like, okay, what are a couple of those negative loops that you just kind of go to? Like your brain is just in this rut, like your brain, like something happens, you get kind of triggered, right? Because it's thoughts lead to feelings and feelings lead to action or inaction. And so he's like, we got to start with a thought. And so for me, I know this is going to sound crazy, but for me, I wanted to work um, specifically when I started working with him five years ago is I didn't feel smart. I struggled because school was not easy for me. I had to work really hard with that. And so because of not feeling smart, it caused a lot of different you know, limiting beliefs for myself of not being able to run a very successful you know, business or multiple businesses. And so I really had to dig into that. And so it was, was great to really like dig in and like where did that even come from? And so in talking with him, he, he just simply asked the question, you know, what's your earliest memory of not feeling smart? And immediately I had a vision in my head of me sitting in my fifth grade desk. And my teacher, I was not a good reader, like, you know, from an out loud, you know, perspective. And so my teacher's like, all right, you know, so-and-so let's, you know, let's read this chapter out loud. And I've got my head down. Like, I remember this like it was yesterday. I have my head down. i like, don't look at me. Don't call on me. Please don't call on me. <laughs> and then, of course, she calls on me and I read out loud. I stumble through it. All the kids laugh. And so that day I went home. was like, I'm not smart. Yeah. And I carried that, Jennifer, I carried that with me for years because again, like school was not easy for me. I, what I have learned is I'm definitely more of a hands-on learner. And so that's why technology has always been my love because you can't read a book about technology. You have to just like do it. Yeah. And, and so understanding those stories. And so we got, you know, really over walking through that and rewriting the story. So he made me write out, write all the times where I did feel smart. And he's like, so when your brain wants to go to those ruts of not feeling smart, pull out the piece of paper and say, nope, I am qualified. I am smart. And here are the things that I can prove that I have been able to do that. And so that's just, you know, one of many things like we just started taking each of these limiting beliefs, disempowering beliefs and knocking them off. The other one was around scarcity and money. You cannot run a business with a scarcity mindset at yeah. all. It will not fly and really kind of digging you know into that because um, when I was twelve, my parents fought bankruptcy and we lost our house. And so because of that, I carried that scarcity story with me for years and years and years. And it served me well to a point because I'm very budget conscious. I know where everything is, but I needed to really be in that growth mindset. And so again, we just came you know, from a mindset. We just started taking all those negative loops and rewriting them.
1: So how does that work for you today? Now five years into it and you're even you know, helping and teaching others and mindset, is it that when you have a feeling of not being smart that you repeat a mantra to yourself or that you've done the work now so you're past that or how does it how does it work kind of as you move through the process
0: yeah so in the you know the early days of taking that negative loop you know it's it's capturing that thought and then rewriting the thought and also rewriting the emotion connected to it and so it's almost like desensitizing that those thoughts. And, and so by working through it, you know, he had me, you know, put, you know, write it on the mirror. I am smart, you know, and I am statements and the power of words is really incredible. And so, you know, writing it on the mirror, I am smart, Um, writing evidential, you know, things of where I felt smart. And so I've just, that was just one of those silly things that was holding me back because I had a lot of self-doubt and lack of confidence around some decisions that you know I need to make. And at the end of the day, it's like, no, like I'm surrounded by some incredible mentors and, and people that have always, you know, fed into, you know, my business and and giving feedback and that this isn't something that Kendra has to figure out. Like, you know, this group, you know, helps really, you know, guide those conversations. And I just needed to start trusting myself is what it came came down to.
1: Mm -hmm. You also mentioned things about sharing your story and some of the difficulties and pain of the past. What did that unlock for you? And, you know, I'm sure that was a scary thought to go out and talk about depression or recovering from divorce or even, you know, the things that you just mentioned. How did, what was the response to people as you started sharing your story or from people?
0: Yeah, it was, you know, it was not an easy thing. Like, you know, here I am kind of getting these calls and, you know, like um, nudges and prompts in my prayer time. Like, You need to share your story. You need to share your story, like because you've been through a lot of hardships in your life, and now you're on the other side of it. And you know what a gift to be able to give hope to other people that you don't have to live in those those situations. And from a depression standpoint, it just was. I was very isolated. I um, really limited you know myself around you know friendships, and just so it was just in a dark dark place. And to you know get on the other side of that and figure out. You know, again, where where are these thoughts were coming from and understanding, you know, what brings me joy. It's really, you know, I'd say I've talked to probably over 400 women in the last five months. And and when I ask them the question, what brings you joy? They struggle to answer that. And that breaks my heart. And it's because, you know, as women, we just serve, serve, serve and give, give, give. And then we're serving from an empty place and we're burnt out and we're completely fried and we're like. I don't understand why I'm, you know, fried. I'm like, okay, well, when have you taken any time for yourself and done any self care, or, you know, really, you know, found things that do, that do bring you joy, especially with all this uncertainty that we're we're going through and experiencing right now. And so, ha- having to get back to those those days of what it feels like to live in in that joy, and you know, someone who's struggled with depression previously. It's just really understanding like, you know, depression feeds off of isolation. And so if there's those days where you're feeling like that, like I have to reach out, I have to reach out to people, I have to, you know, get out, I have to be with, you know, others, and or serve, you know, serving really, really helps because it gets me outside of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really where, you know, I've been able to make leaps and strides. You know, I haven't been on any depression meds in about 12 years. And, and I'm not saying I'm against meds at all because there's definitely time and place for for that as well. I'm just saying in my own journey of being able to get on the other side as mm-hmm. has been One of those things where I start sharing the story and I've gotten so many emails. It was overwhelming when I finally started sharing my story. So many emails of like, thank you. Like it just, you know, thank you for sharing to know that you can get on the other side of this. And that it's about, you know, having gratitude and, you know, an attitude, you know, towards life. And, you know, what What can we do, you know, today to help serve each other? And so it's many, many e- emails from from people and, and things that, you know, like I said, you know, six months ago, I'm getting emails from, from our last Reset event in January. Someone said, hey, I'm still using the tools and exercises you gave me back then. And I just, you know, wanted you to know what an impact has been. I was like, what? <laughs> like, that's just... So like all of these conversations just touch me every single time. It's like, okay it's one more encouragement to continue to share everyone's reset story because we all have a reset story. So
1: tell me more about reset. I mean, you have two companies now and you you obviously are very passionate about both, but tell me what types of things you're doing with reset.
0: Yeah. So like we have uh, individual coaches. So if someone needs, you know, an individual coach, reaching out and figuring out, you know, what specifically you want, you know, guidance with and aligning you with that coach that has that experience. Or we have group coaching. We just wrapped up a six-week group coaching. That was awesome. It was so fun. It was just an hour a week. Um, We had 13 women. So we like to keep the group small. So everyone has an opportunity to be seen and heard. And and the design of that group coaching is specifically for those 13 people in that, that group. And so I do a one-on-one call with all of them to understand what are they wanting to shift and, and figure that. And then we design and lay out the framework you know, for that. And so it's been a ton of fun. And then we have these conferences. Normally they're face-to-face, but with what we're going through, uh, we're taking our next one, which is October 1st virtual. And so myself and the speakers are going to be in a production studio and it's very high-end, very interactive. And so um, just... Basically, at the end of the day, we're in a place of just what can we do to to serve and help people that are feeling stuck or people that are, you know, wanting to dream again. Because I feel like a lot of us have maybe put our dreams on hold and it's like, no, let's let's drag those dreams back out and let's, you know, go for
1: them. Mm -hmm. Well, definitely linked to information about the Reset Conference. Now that it's virtual, it's, you know, there are certainly things to be disappointed about not being face to face, but the opportunity now to open it up to the world really means that your message and, and the messages from the speakers at your event will be able to touch more people. So who will be speaking at the event?
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, it has been a blessing, you know, even though like I love the face-to-face, like, man, this has been a blessing because I have, you know, previously had other cities and other locations like, hey, can you bring Reset to our city? And so now being able to do it virtually, we're just super passionate about it. And so we always have different speakers, we always have three speakers. That share their reset story and then give tools and exercises to use. And then there's you know the interaction, you know, piece to be able to connect with, you know, others. And so it's not a set and get, it's not just a set and listen to some rah-rah. It's you know, real things that people can apply in their lives. And so our speakers in October, we have Mary Miller, which you know as well, and I adore her. She's been a mentor of mine for years. She was a part of Dream Manager. She just wrote another book called uh, Changing Direction, and it's incredible. So uh, her story is incredible of you know being a single mom and scrubbing toilets to now you know being a leader in a six hundred employee uh, commercial janitorial you know cleaning is just incredible. And then Lamarque Ward is another speaker and he grew up in a lower West Side in a, a difficult neighborhood and had dreams and goals for his vision to become an NBA player. And he did that. You know, so he was a professional basketball player and through his journey he started Dream Builders University because he's just like, Hey, you know, these kids in these underserved schools, they don't have the vocabulary of dreams and vision and goals. And so he brings that to students and parents and teachers and staff and administration all around the country. And so he'll be sharing just you know what it means to just dream again and I just adore you know him and then Donetta Donetta Najoli was a dear friend of mine as well and she grew up in Harlem lost both of her parents when she was five and again back to dreams she had a dream for herself and and recently uh, we her and I did a video together about she's I was like how, how did you cast a vision in that situation of losing both your parents you're five years old you're growing up in Harlem and she's said that there was a lady that she watched through the window and she said the way she would just walk down the street with so much confidence and pride. And she said, Kendra, it was almost like she just floated. Like she just like owned her presence and owned who she was. And she said, I kept my sights on that. And she said, I want that feeling. And I'm like, wow, like that's pretty, pretty incredible. And so um, Donetta went and actually got her coaching certificate from Harvard. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, here's someone who grew up in Harlem, got her coaching certificate from Harvard, like all of their stories and their gifts that they're going to be sharing with us in October. I'm just incredibly honored that all of them said yes to, to speaking at the event.
1: Well, it's, you know. Why this podcast is called Impact Makers is because we all have, I believe, the opportunity to make an impact and we can look all around us and, and, I, you know, see people or think about people who've made an impact, both positive and negative. And I love that, you know, a couple of examples, like you shared the teacher, you know, just how the, being called on, I'm sure the teacher didn't do it, you know, with malice, but that instance made an impact. And there are so many people that a teacher created both a positive or or negative trajectory in their life. And then here you have someone that it sounds like she didn't even know her. She just observed her and the impact that was made on her life because of just what that other woman was putting out into the world. So it's another reminder for me to be mindful of the impact that I have on other people through both intentional actions and, and unintentional. So here we are. Where are you know when people may be listening to this could be hopefully in the future in a different time. You know, I, I saw a tweet today that said, "I look forward." You know, the word I want to hear is "precedented times." <laughs> <laughs> I, I look forward to "precedented times" coming back, and like <laughs> that calls it for me. So, what have you learned about yourself? or your business that you're going to take forward from the time that we're in into the future? You obviously learned some things during the, I guess we're now calling it the Great Recession. Uh, Who knows what we'll call this, the great pandemic. It's not great. So (laughs) whatever we're going to call this time, what are you learning now that you're going to take into the future?
0: Yeah, excellent question. Gosh. You know, it's it was so funny in the the early, I'd say 3-4 weeks into, you know, quarantine and in, in late March, I got a call from someone and she's like, "Hey, I see you do these videos and I see you do these webinars and you know, I've watched you for, you know, some time." And she said, "I have a huge event that I do every year in September and it's always face to face and we're going to have to move it, you know, virtually and can you help me?" And it was so funny because I'm like, "Yeah, I can totally help you." Um, she's like, well, can you get me a proposal? I'm like, I don't, as just, I was up front with her. I was like, I don't even have that as a service offering. And so it was one of those things where, you know, and it's funny. Cause I, you know, kind of talk about this, like in our, our coaching groups about, you know, finding your superpower. What do you naturally do that someone would want to pay you for? And here I am in that moment where she's like, get me a proposal. Oh, I'd love for you, you know, to help us move this virtually. And so again, I was like, give me a day. So I worked with the team, we worked out a process, we wrote up, you know, what we would offer and how we would help her and it was just like just cuz I stopped and listened to the client need and you know was able but I had totally Just bypass not even thinking about that as an offering because I've literally been running webinars for 15 years Mm -hmm. and uh, running kind of those virtual, very interactive, you know, things. And not once had I ever thought of it as a business opportunity until we had that conversation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just what I've told people is like, just listen this like this is a great time for us to just listen like listen to client needs listen to shifts just like you know the call I had earlier where he's like i'm in learning mode he was like i you know took a couple of online classes at harvard and i did you know this and you know so from from being able to to do that and and then it's really been a i know this is going to sound strange but it's been a gift it really has been a gift of me being able because i'm at peace because of me going through what i went through in the last downturn I felt a little bit more prepared, you know, coming into this. And so I've just been able just to show up and be there for others, just a listening ear or someone to bow around ideas with. And, you know, I've had hundreds and hundreds of those calls and it's all been donated time. Like I just love being able to show up, you know, for for others in need of whatever it is or being that connector. And so this time has been actually really a gift being able to being able to be in that 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 presence.
1: Well that's wonderful to hear. All right. So one of the things about my podcast is an opportunity to get free coaching for me and for everyone out here. <laughs> so and certainly, you know, I would love for people will again link to in the show notes the opportunity to connect with you through both of your businesses and reset and to learn more about mindset coaching. What are one or two things that you would suggest that myself and, and everyone listening do to begin to work on mindset if we haven't started that journey yet?
0: Oh, such a good question. Oh, how do I take five years of stuff that I've learned and squish <laughs> it into two questions? You know, it really comes down to, and, and, and it's super basic, but creating a daily practice for yourself. Mm-hmm. And a daily practice does not does not need to be hours. It doesn't need to be heavy, but creating a practice where you're doing self-care, whatever self-care looks like for you. So sometimes, you know, like for me, it's prayer time in the morning. It's I always do a gratitude prayer as well. I just have some journaling time or I may be able to maybe process some things. Cause sometimes in my writing, I uncover things that I really haven't consciously been thinking about until I'm kind of, you know, writing whether it's you know, a, a, a walking or listening to a podcast or meditating or yoga, just finding some kind of daily practice that you're tapping into like yourself and say, self, how are you doing today? Right. A really good friend of mine that spoke at last reset, RT Stokes said, you have to ask yourself, what's my emotional weather forecast for today? Mm. And I love that question because by creating a daily practice, you're able to set the tone for the day. So I'm a big believer in, I call it weed your garden. So weeding your garden means don't look through social media, don't watch the news. We want to protect our garden and our garden is our mind, right? So we don't, you know, a lot of people lay in bed, the alarm goes off and immediately pull out their phone and they start scrolling through social media. And I'm like, don't, don't start your day like that. Don't start with work emails, don't start with social media, don't start with news because that sets the tone for the day. Instead, starting with that self-reflection either whatever works for you, it's very different for everyone. If it's needs to the activity of movement or quiet time or journaling or prayer time, whatever works for you. But having that daily practice is, is really, really you know, critical to just that foundation. And then being able to you know, ask ourselves, like for me, my inner critic is really loud. So I encourage everyone to name that inner critic and so, like for me, I named it Karen just because of all the me,
1: <laughs> all the Karens of the world,
0: cringe. <laughs> I, know, I know they do. And I've had friends of mine that are like, "I'm Karen," and i was like, "No, different Karen." And but you know, so you know, one creating a daily practice, and two, naming your inner critic. Because we have over seventy thousand thoughts per day, and of those thoughts, seventy percent of them are negative. Mm -hmm. So if we can capture that inner critic, if we can, if we give it a name, and then my coach said, not only give it a name, but give it like a funny voice, like a Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse, Goofy, like a character, because it doesn't not your voice. And so there are days where I say it out loud. I'm like, not today, Karen. my day. Like, you know, when you have a day where you're just, you know, not feeling it, not feeling your, your best. Um, And so naming your inner critic helps tremendously because what happens is that inner critic is like a little, a little child, like that three-year-old that's tugging on your, your shorts or your, you know, skirt and saying, mommy, 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 that inner critic, when they get, when he or she gets loud, you have to kind of stop and be like, "All right, what do you need?" Because clearly, you need something because you keep pulling on me. And so, I would say those are the two just easy foundational things to start with from a mindset, you know, standpoint.
1: Well, that was worth something. So I won't ask my friend for free coaching. I will buy a ticket to reset. So tell us, <laughs> tell us more about reset. When is it happening? Uh, it's is it for everyone? For women? For men? For anybody who's interested in? What? Tell us about Reset, when it is, and how we can get connected. And again, we'll link to the information in the show notes as well.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. And we've made it super, super affordable. It's 35 bucks for th- three incredible speakers. And so just being able to... It's October 1st. It's 9 to 12, and that's Eastern all are welcome men women all are welcome and and several of our conferences we've had a great you know mix of of individuals and i'd say it's the dreamers it's the people that are feeling a little stuck in their 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 career and trying to figure out next steps it's you know it's a wide range of reasons why you know people attend reset and and the just the testimonials that come out of it and the the evaluations that come out of it and the conversations and friendships. I've had people like, Hey, we met at reset and, and we hold each other accountable. And so, yeah, so the website is the and I'm so grateful that you are sharing this with everyone. I appreciate you.
1: I will be there and I definitely hope that other people will uh, take a look at it and sign up and get started. If they're not already working on that mindset and, and resetting their own life because you know, when the precedented times return, <laughs> whatever those look like, they'll be new and different. So you know, I just like that joke. There are a lot of us, I think, who will be, even people like yourself, who this maybe has been a positive period of peace, there's going to be work to be done. You know, there, there's work to be done now, and there will be new ways of, of helping people and, and doing things new and differently in the future. So we're going to need to do that inner work. And I'm going to have to think about what to call mine since Karen is taken. uh, Maybe your name will be, maybe it'll be Kendra. I don't know. (laughs) Kendra, where can people find you beyond the conference out there? How can people connect with you?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm Kendra Ramirez across all social platforms. You know, I would love love to connect. And then you know, again, the the reset.co is is uh, Reset's website. And then the digital agency is under just my name. It's KendraRamirez.com.
1: Well, thank you for sharing with us today. And I feel like I've got some work to do. So I'm going to go do that after this podcast. I appreciate you joining me, Kendra. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. It's time for you to get noticed, create change and grow your influence.